Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's great to be in church. Spirit of God's in the house. Oh, when He's here, everything shifts and changes. I felt the atmosphere shift today over people's hearts and lives as we're in the presence of God. But I also felt the Holy Spirit say, as clear as a bell, you are not doing this journey alone or on your own. There are some people here are lonely or you feel alone just because of what's going on in your world. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, as clear as any, says, you're not alone. There are dynamics happening relationally or the circumstance in your life and you can feel pressured and you feel overwhelmed or alone. But I really feel the Spirit of God say, you're not doing this journey alone. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit speak that word. It's, it was so strong while we were worshipping. If that word speaks to you that you felt alone or there's, you're in a, a lonely season or there's a journey happening that you just say, oh God, I just really need to know. I know it in my head, but I need to feel it today in my heart. If that's you, just reach up to heaven because I just want to pray a prayer of release. I just feel it so clear for just a few people today, very, very clearly. Holy Spirit, just come right now and surround those that would feel alone or not sure how to do this for the next steps. Holy Spirit, right now, just come close. I lift off by your Spirit that loneliness and that sense of being on your own. In the name of Jesus, I release your Holy Spirit's power and presence. Lord, that you would walk with these ones. You would surround them. Lord, you would speak words of love and hope and truth. You would release your financial miracles. Lord, you would release reconnection with family members that have been torn or broken. Lord, I just pray today there would be a joining together and a restoration by your Spirit. I pray that now in the mighty name of Jesus. This week, things will shift. Things will change. And Lord, our hearts will be at peace with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Let's take our seats. Wow, God's good. Welcome to those that are watching us online today. Pray that you will be blessed today by the Word and the Spirit of God. Last Sunday, we had our launch Sunday and we had an anointing service. And what an awesome time we had together. Lots of people were touched. And uh, we shared that our theme for this year is United We Stand. There's so much division, confusion, strife across our land, politically, um, relationally, financially, workplaces, families. But together we're going to stand in the name of Jesus Christ. He's, He's what unites us. The Holy Spirit joins us with purpose. Let's not be distracted. Some people have been distracted from your God given purpose. And I believe God say, come on, let's get back and get focused on our God-given purpose to serve the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Let's not be distracted by all the noise, the clutter, the static that's going on across our nation and our community. Come on, let's stay focused on God's kingdom and His purpose. So the theme for this month is stand and serve. We're united, we stand. So we stand and serve. And as Marilyn shared, many serve in all sorts of ways, behind the scenes, up front. And we want to just encourage people to stand and serve. 
in the place that God's given you. Many of you serve your families in amazing ways every day. Some of you are in difficult situations where you uh, serve those that are in sickness or aged or with disabilities. Others of us serve in our workplaces with the gifts God's given you. Many of you serve in leadership and on teams here. So we want to, in our DNA, we looked at last week, the S stands for service. Service to the Lord, service to one another in our families, our church, and service to our community. Jesus gave us the most amazing example. Mark 10, 43 to 45. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become greater among you must be your servant. Christianity is an upside down world sometimes, isn't it? It's the opposite of what the world says. In the, in the world, uh, a boss says, well, you, you work for me and you serve me. Sometimes parents say, well, kids, you, we've helped you, now you serve us. Hey, we need to serve one another with an attitude of love. Then it says, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus set the example. We say we are Christians. Christians are ones who follow Jesus, follow his teachings and follow his example. So in the attitude of service, Jesus set a really high benchmark. Be willing to serve. Philippians 2.5, it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I like that. Not just an attitude, but a mindset. Because that determines where your focus is. Our mindset. What is your mind set on? Is it on the kingdom of God? Is it on your own needs being met? Is it on selfishness? Is it want to be in charge? Hey, Jesus had a mindset. And what was it? It says, Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Wow. Occasionally, I see Christians who say, well, I'm a son or a daughter of the king, so you've got to do what I say. I think, whoa, that's not a servant heart. Sometimes we have an expectation that we're better than others. No, we are all saved by grace, and in humility, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We have... A servant's heart, grace, don't rule over, love and serve. It goes on and says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Wow, he came to serve. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We don't have to die on crosses, but sometimes we have to die daily to our own needs and desires so that we can honour and love someone else. And that's, that's a challenge. It says, daily take up your cross and follow me. We don't have to drag a cross around um, to, to prove that, but we lay down our own desires sometimes to love and serve someone else. And I thank God. That's the, the Christian heart that God's put in us as a church. So following in the footsteps of Jesus calls for us to be servant-orientated and not self-absorbed. Not your opinions rule. What does Jesus say and how do we live it out? We sometimes don't volunteer to serve because we don't think we can do it as well as somebody else. We have made the mistake of making excellence an idol by buying into the, the philosophy of I can't do it right, I won't do it at all. Hey, that's a subtle uh, distraction. The, uh, 
important thing is that less than perfect service is better than the best of intentions. That's true, isn't it? Almost everything that we do is done poorly at first. Hardy, anyone's an expert? All the musicians, remember the first time you tried to play some chords and notes? Whatever we do now, you probably started it with fear and trepidation. I remember the first time I preached in church. I've still got the original notes. I look back with horror and think, How, who put up with that? We had a church at uh, Nambour and, uh, and the pastors believed in us. And I, I, I still kept my notes. I haven't got a recording of it, but I kept my notes. I think, dear God, did I really say that? <laughs> so just about all of us, when you start, you don't do it polished. You, you start, you have a go, you encourage, you, you get training, equipping, you submit to leadership and you grow. And my pastor, after I'd preached for first week, I think I preached on Jesus, the light of the world. And he says, you said some good stuff, but it wasn't meant to be a science lesson. I think, oh, <laughs> I just used too much facts and figures and didn't put enough that Jesus, the light of the world in there. But we grew, we keep on growing. So I want to encourage you. Some of you have been asked to serve on a team in church or help in some way and think, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as them. We've got musicians and worship singers in this church sitting in the pew singing, you're not good enough to come and join our team. Hey, just come as you are and we can grow together. We can learn. We can find the right spot for us, you know, and God can help us with tech and kids ministry and, and wherever. God knows where we fit. That's how we learn. By having a go and learning by experience and training how to serve better. God's plan has always been to involve as many people as possible who grow in character and in skill by serving. Isn't it amazing? You don't wait till you've got it all together to serve. You start serving with a teachable heart and then you grow and mature. I've found that I've grown and mature more and more by just having a go. And, and my mum and dad taught me to serve. We live in a little country town of Crow's Nest. And I remember as a six or seven or eight-year-old going in with dad on a Saturday to mow the church lawn. And someone had planted kaikuya in the church lawn. Has anyone ever tried to mow kaikuya with a hand mower? That is really, really hard work. <laughs> it's so thick. We'd end up over the front of the bars of the mower. And, but we learnt to serve as kids in church. And, and I think, God, help us to just keep serving. Think about how you have grown by serving. Some of you, you started off, but just by having a go, getting on the prayer team and praying for people, all of a sudden you think, wow, look how I've grown in confidence and authority. God releases his anointing as you put your hand up. Some will say, I don't see enough people healed. Well, how many people have you prayed for? I've found the more people I pray for, for healing, the more people get healed. And just sowing. Pontius Pilate had an opportunity to acquit Jesus of any wrongdoing. But instead he called for a basin of water and washed his hands of the entire matter. His attitude was, I'm not getting involved. A lot of people have the same attitude, but not Jesus. On the night that he was going to be betrayed and die... He called for a basin of water and served his disciples by washing their feet. Wow, what a difference of what you can do with a bowl of water. 
because Jesus had the heart of servanthood, Pilate was trying to protect his own skin, his own reputation. Peter objected because foot washing was a duty assigned to the lowest servant in a Middle Eastern household and he thought it was beneath Christ's dignity. Peter gets into trouble, he's cutting off ears and there he's rebuking Jesus. I think some of us might be like Peter. Our name mightn't be Peter, but we probably act like him sometimes. Jesus answered Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. This is very powerful. Unless I can believe in this much love for me, unless I can and will accept him by faith as my servant as well as my God, unless I can truly know that it's my good he seeks, then I can't have his companionship. This is so different from the world's philosophy where everyone wants to, to lead and no one wants to serve. Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Hey, let's just be a servant. I never set out to be a pastor or leader. I just learnt to serve. I remember when I was in youth group, we moved to an, an, I got transferred to a bank. We were there for two months. I hardly knew anyone in the group and I was appointed the assistant leader. And I was 18 I'm thinking, what am I doing here? And it was like God says, you don't think you're ready, but this is how I'm going to train you. And he grew me. He knew my heart was in the right direction. Still had a lot to learn. And sometimes just be available and willing to serve. Other things I did, I served, but I never became good at it. I thought I'd become a musician. Well, I still can play 10 chords and uh, not very well. So I've, I tried playing in church once. That was hopeless. I was about four bars behind everyone else. So I only ever did it once. That's not my ministry. I learned there's a lot of people better than that. But I was willing to have a go at anything and in the process you find out where God's your lane. And, that's, and sometimes you just serve. Someone said, what's the greatest area of service? Whatever the greatest need is. So don't always just wait for your gift. Sometimes just get on board and help. And that's how we serve and grow together. John 13 verse 14 says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow. So Jesus was setting a powerful example. Look at the difference between Pilate and Jesus in regards to serving. Jesus is the king of kings, yet he's the servant of all. That, that does my head in sometimes. This unique combination found in the Son of God is also God's call upon us. Truth is often found in the tension of two conflicting realities. Faith and works. Servanthood and being a son or daughter of the king. Like Jesus, we have both royalty and servants. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. That's how I understand the, the uh, conflict, almost apparent conflict. Royalty is my identity because we're sons and daughters of the king because of who Jesus is. But servanthood is my assignment on this earth. And when you get those together, you'll live with a great sense of identity and purpose, but you'll also be a blessing to so many in our uh, community. 
Wisdom knows which role to fulfill at the proper time. Sometimes when you're praying, you've got to step up as a son or daughter and declare with authority breakthrough. Live in that place of stronghold, of relationship. Other times you lay it all down and you just serve one another in humility and love and get your hands dirty in the process of caring for our broken world. And people, new Christians, who you think should know better, but hey, think back when you were that age as a Christian, you probably didn't know better and you are probably worse. God, help us to walk in grace. Intimacy with God is my life source. Before God, I'm an intimate with God. Before people, I'm a servant. And I believe that God just wants us to understand the power of that afresh. And many of you know this and live it out. Many of us get our identity from what we do instead of from who we are. This could often cloud the motives of why we serve and help others. God wants us to experience joy and fulfillment from our serving and giving, but that is not to be the main or only reason why we do it. If you're serving to get identity, and I know some upfront ministers, especially musicians and singers and creative people, there's your souls in it. So you, sometimes your identity gets all tied and wrapped into it. But the Spirit of God knows how to make sure that stays in right order. You get reward and fulfillment in serving Jesus. After I preach or, and I see people come to Christ or I pray for someone and you see their lives impacted, there is a great joy and fulfillment. Wow, I'm so glad I'm alive today. What a joy to, to go and cook a meal and give to someone and you see that the blessing and the encouragement or you get stirred to share a scripture and they, they text back and say, hey, that's exactly the word I need. Well, you won't believe it, but that's the one God gave me an hour ago. And it just puts rocket fuel in their soul for the next few days or weeks or at least hours or minutes, whatever it is. It's a great thing, a great reward of God using you in your gift and anointing. But you don't do it just for the reward and fulfillment. That's a bonus. That's a bonus. It really is. You do it because we want to follow Jesus' example and because we love people that he's called us to serve. God's there to help us. It can cloud our motives sometimes. God wants to experience that joy. Has the Lord adjusted your reasons for serving? Some of us start out with mixed motives, trying to impress or perform or please people. But that as time goes on, he refines your heart so that Jesus is the reason. I remember Pastor John Lewis, uh, a real father in the faith. He was doing, um, he, I remember he told me he did this funeral for a guy who had served in the church for many years in church in Brisbane. He was a doorkeeper and a groundsman. And before he passed away, one day Pastor John saw him out mowing and says, thank you, thank you for serving. And this guy looked and says, it's not for you, Pastor John, it's for Jesus. <laughs> and this guy, and so when a few years later he passed away, he told that story and it just impacted so many people. We do it for Jesus, but we do it in the family of God and we do it for our family and our community. So you've got both aspects flowing around, but if you do it for him, then there's a joy and a freedom. So if you get praise or acknowledgement, it doesn't really matter. It's a bonus when you get it. That's what, how I've learnt to go through the ups and downs of life because sometimes you do something and think, oh, that's awesome. Other people don't ever say anything and they walk past. But hey, let's encourage one another. Let's 
um, support one another. Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So today, I'm mobilising you to equip you for works of service, to encourage you to be in those teams. Don't pull back and be distracted. There are seasons where you've got more time to do it. If you're in Nappy Valley with three young kids, you don't have a lot of spare time to serve anyone apart from your family. There are times and seasons <coughs> with study or work where you can only do little chunks. But hey, an hour a week serving or two hours of a month on a team is so valuable in the middle and it will just rebalance some of the other craziness of your hectic world. That's what I've found. Putting Jesus first, there's a blessing that comes from it. Let's just look at a couple of the attitudes of service before we wrap it up today and, and I'll pick it up again next time I preach. Number one, serve in love. Do it out of love. Galatians 5.13, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Hallelujah. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Occasionally I see people, they get so free and a few years later they end up using their freedom for selfish gain instead of for the kingdom of God. Lord, help us not get distracted with that. Then it says, rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. How awesome is that? Your freedom becomes more real and more powerful when you share your story, when you help other people on the journey of life. Whatever skills God's given you, whatever experience you've got, when you help release that to serve God by serving others, your freedom will increase. If you just try to hold on to it and say, I don't want to lose it, what's the Bible say? If you try to save your life, you lose it. But if you lose your life for the kingdom of God, you will save it. I've found the more you give and serve as the Spirit of God leads you, you discover more and more freedom about your own life. Every time I pray with a new Christian, I get so excited. I think, thank God you saved me 40-something years ago. It just reminds you of the joy of salvation. Every time you help someone in need, it reminds you of the times when others have stood with you and helped you. Every time you give a word of encouragement, you, I remember some of the times when people encouraged me when I desperately needed it. Oh, there's more. Your freedom grows by releasing it and serving. I want to encourage you. Find your spot and let's do it for the glory of God. Serve in love. It says, for everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. Wow. Let's as Christians model that. I think there might be a few sports people and politicians need to hear that message again. But we all need to hear it and live it out. That's an act of true freedom. We grow in freedom as we serve. What an amazing truth. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action, actions and in truth. Wow, wow. Words are powerful, but actions are more powerful. Intentions are great, but when you actually do it, that's when God's anointing comes upon it. 
And, and I just want to encourage it. Be led by the Spirit and let's not grow weary in well-doing. We love God and others because he first loved us. Liquid love flowing in and through our lives. Your love is relentless. I love that song, your love is relentless. If it gives up on us, we give up too easy. Love and serve people don't always rescue them and do everything for them. Like a child needs to grow up and progressively do more things for themselves and others. So serve in love. Secondly, serve wholeheartedly. If you're going to do it, do it with all your heart. Life's too short to just do it half measure. If you're going to serve in any way, let's do it with all your heart. Serve wholeheartedly. Ephesians 6, 7. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Let's be honest here. Sometimes we serve with some of our heart because we have restrictive heart boundaries. These can be because of fear, unbelief, inner vows, fear of other people's opinions, shame, and you can add to the list. But God wants you to serve with a free heart and a whole heart. The psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. I feel today, as we were singing that song, Oh, the blood of Jesus, the presence and the blood, God and the blood of Jesus was cleansing people's consciences here. The enemy has been reminding you of stuff you, you've done or haven't done and it's been just pounding you down. But today, I felt the, the blood of Jesus cleansing our consciences. He's washing our minds. He's reminding us the finished work of the cross is for our lives and you don't have to dwell under that shame and that torment and the restrictions of the past because your consciences are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare that right now over some people here. I declare that some of you are watching this right now and you realise that you're living in the past. You're living under shame. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He washes us from those mindsets that limit us so that we can't serve with a free open heart. Lord, I declare that over your people. I declare it over families right now. I declare freedom over our church and our city that we can serve one another in love. And break the strongholds of darkness. The blood of Jesus cleanses your consciences. Those mindsets that you've focused on. Those things that have distracted you. The Spirit of God is here to wash and cleanse us. Numbers 14.24 says, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I love Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were the only two of those, um, not only the two of the 12 spies, they were the only two of their whole generation that made it to the promised land. Why? It says they served the Lord wholeheartedly and they had a different spirit. Hey, we need some Christians today that got a different spirit to the spirit of the world that's ruling. We need some people that are going to stand up and live out truth with servant hearts, releasing the presence and power of God, the supernatural healing of grace upon our community. We need Christians to stand up, to stand up and unite and release the kingdom of God in its fullness over our nation, and over our city, over our workplaces, over our families where so many have been beaten down and distracted and discouraged, but in Christ, our consciences are free. Why? Because we serve the Lord wholeheartedly with a different spirit, the Holy Spirit within us. And he went up and claimed his inheritance. 
He was a descendant of Kenaz and Edomite. He became associated with the tribe of Judah, which means praise. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise and worship wholeheartedly. Some say, why do you sing so loud and why are you so passionate? I learned a long time ago that if I'm going to be wholehearted, I'm going to be wholehearted in my worship. I was a really shy kid and young person. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, I had to face my fear of what people thought about me. And I remember the night at a youth camp, we were around a campfire and I was about probably 18, maybe 19 and they were playing some music and some of them started to clap and dance and shout around the campfire like you do at a campfire, youth camp. And I was there thinking, I wish I could be that free and not worry what people thought about me. So I stepped back in the shadows a bit and I just started to let loose. Started to get my feet going and, and dancing. And, and within about an hour, there was something broke off my life through the spirit of praise that the fear of man was broken significantly of my life. That's why I praise and worship with all my heart because I know it's a key for freedom of heart. It's not just because I'm an extrovert and, and a loud person. It's because I learned the power of that when I was an 18-year-old shy young person that God set my heart free to dance and celebrate. And I was a pain to other people because I used to stir them up. I remember when I was worship leader, I'd try and get everyone dancing. And I look back now, some of the 80-year-olds are shaking their heads and I'm thinking, come on! And I think, oh God. <laughs> Do it wholeheartedly, passionately, but be a little bit sensitive and aware of everyone around you. I'm trying to get everyone to kneel and then some of them couldn't get back up. And I'm thinking, wholehearted passion, do it with all your heart. I used to tell my young people, you don't read the Bible, you can't eat your breakfast. I used to get a couple of phone calls from parents saying, what are you telling those kids? <laughs> but I was so passionate and wholehearted. A bit of wisdom has come along the journey. Faith and wisdom work together. But I want to encourage you, be wholehearted. If you're going to do it for God with all your heart, whatever that means for you through the expression of your love and your creativity, do it through your personality. You don't have to be like me. Be free in your heart and you'll see God will add more and more opportunities to flow through your life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. A-double-L. It's only a little word, three letters, but it says a whole lot. God has forgiven all your sins. Wow. Released you from all your fears. We're going to wrap it up there and pick it up again next time I preach. And up to page four and I've got 15 pages, so it's not going to happen today. I knew that would be the case, so that's okay. I knew this would be a two or three week series. I want you to stand in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit's here right now. I can feel His power touch, tugging at hearts right now. There's some people here and you realise you've set out with a desire to serve the Lord, but some distractions, some shame... Guilty consciences, the fear of what other people think about you. Right now, the Spirit of God saying, come on, it's time to let that go. I feel the Spirit of God calling us corporately to step up and say, God, we will serve the Lord. What did Joshua say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to serve the gods of this world. We will serve the Lord. 
And I thank God for the heart of service in this church and by His Spirit, He's calling all of us to step up and rise, to find our spot, to serve in your school, in your university, in your workplace, using your gifts. And we'll talk about some more about that next time. But serve the Lord with gladness, wholeheartedly and in love. Lord, I pray your blessing right now. If this message has stirred your heart, reach up to heaven right now and say, God, I just want to be free to serve. Lord, I used to be wholehearted, but something's robbed my heart. Lord, that broken relationship has stolen my confidence. I feel I'm disqualified. But the Spirit of God say, come on, step up. Let's serve the Lord with gladness. Lord, I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, filling every heart here. Lord, just saying, we're available. Lord, lead us by your Spirit. We want to keep serving. Some of you have been weary in serving, but the Holy Spirit's anointing you afresh to serve in that. It's not over until God says it's over. He will find new ways for you to connect with your neighbours. He will find new ways. You say, I don't have the time or the energy right now. He will, if your heart's right, He will make ways. He will bring people to you. He would release through your gifts. Lord, I just pray right now for your Holy Spirit anointing over our church, over anyone watching today. Lord, they would be stirred to serve. They'll be willing to step up. Lord, to teach RI in the schools. Lord, to mentor someone, to get beside, to serve in Bayside Care. Lord, to join a team. Lord, I thank You for Your blessing overflowing. Lord, right now, release, release hearts so that we can serve You wholeheartedly in Jesus' Name. Some of us have realised that we've served with mixed motives at times, but we were sincere with our heart. Spirit of God's going to teach you how to live in a new place of freedom. And as you serve, you will find greater freedom over your heart. In Jesus thank You for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.